we get my son in his little swim diaper and it was just the most exciting thing to him. You know, there's a, there's a pool in our bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. so he, he got in, he swam around, he had the, like the best time for all of like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a couple of contractions while he was in the pool and I just remember suddenly having one that was just really, just really serious. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, somebody get him out of the pool. Get him out of the pool. <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories in your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 95 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and wow, you guys, today's episode is an intense one. It's hard, it's raw, and it's beautiful because Angelique takes us through an incredibly difficult labor, and then an even more difficult postpartum experience. She teaches us what she learned from that experience and some warning signs that we can look for if we ever find ourselves in a similar situation. And then beautifully for Angelique, her second birthing experience and her second postpartum were just incredibly redemptive. So of course, whenever we have these interviews that are on the difficult end of things, I like to give a warning just to let you know, you know, we're going to be covering some really intense topics, really kind of flirting, or we're there with postpartum psychosis even, which we haven't had any interviews like this. So I'm just so grateful for Angelique. She is such a beautiful person and she really bears her soul in this interview. And so I really feel like this is incredible information for all of us. But I do want to give this quick warning just in case you are, you know, very close to your due date or guest date, or you're in that early postpartum phase. And if you feel like this might be an intense topic, then of course, you know, come back to this episode at another time. But it is such a valuable lesson. And once again, just I'm so thankful for Angelique for coming on and sharing it all with us. Okay, so before we jump in, please remember the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Let's jump in. Angelique, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for having me, Caitlin. I'm so excited to have you, and it's like extra super fun because we actually are friends in real life (laughs) in in the real world. (laughs) And so I would love for you to just take a second to introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure. Um, My name's Angelique. I'm a mom of two boys. Um, I have a two, almost two and a half year old now and a five month old boy. Um, So we live here in Greenville, South Carolina, where Caitlin's living, obviously, because I met her in real life Mm -hmm. here. (laughs) Yeah, we just moved to Florida a few months back. Very nice. And yeah, just so everybody knows, I think that certain people just have a home birth feel about them because Angelique walked into our MOPS meeting and I was like standing at the door, like 
inviting people in and I saw her and I would just like had this feeling like, I think that's a home birth mom. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> it very, very quickly came up in conversation. Like, your second question, you're like, you didn't ask me directly, did you have a home birth? But it was pretty much like, so how was your home birth? <laughs> I'm like, how did you know? <laughs> tell, me, tell me all about your home birth that I know you had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so cool. And then, and then Angelique actually used the same midwife that I used when she had her second. So that's all the lovely feelings there. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy connection. Okay. Yeah. So, so you obviously, you just said you moved here a few months back. So this first birth story took place in Florida. In Florida. Correct. That's right. Yeah. 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 So at the time of um, my first birth, we were living in Florida. We were in a one bedroom apartment so this is like an apartment birth story, <laughs> mm-hmm. which just, you know, starting out knowing we were going to have a home birth in an apartment, I was like, oh gosh, should we like warn all our neighbors? Should we go knock on doors or something and let them know like, hey, like if you hear noises, it's okay. Like, please don't call the police. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So we were living in, in an apartment, in our one bedroom apartment um, at the time and it was two nights before my due date, and um, I just could not sleep that night. Like, whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but I could not fall asleep. And I had had pretty bad insomnia throughout the pregnancy, like, especially, obviously, near the end, because I had uh, pretty bad, like, acid reflux, and I was, like, sleeping with pillows propped up. But I just couldn't sleep that night, and um, I made it to morning, and I just, like, could not sleep a wink. So knowing I was kind of getting close to my due date, I tried to nap that afternoon and I just couldn't nap. Like whatever it was, I just could not fall asleep. So we had actually our Bradley method class that night. So we went to our Bradley method class and it was the 11th class out of 12. And I was (laughs) kind of cutting it close, like taking the class that late into the pregnancy anyways. But I was like, okay, well, you know, first time pregnancy will probably like I'll probably make it to the end because I was going to be like 41 weeks, I think, on at the final class. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll probably make it, or at least we'll make it to the 11th <laughs> class. So this was the 11th class. And in the Bradley Method class, they have you sitting on the floor uh, during the class, kind of just to help you o- open your pelvic floor or whatnot. And I just mm-hmm. noticed like the last few classes, I was starting to feel pretty uncomfortable, which, you know, not surprising at this point of the pregnancy. I was just like, I think I was at the point of the pregnancy where if I was in a store and I bumped something and it fell on the floor, it was like, okay, well, that's a lost cause. We're just going to walk away and pretend I didn't right. <laughs> like leave it. Somebody there. else will deal with that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not been, not finding that, not getting that. Yeah. So it's definitely starting to get uncomfortable. And I thought, oh gosh, I hope like I don't go into labor before I can sleep tonight. Like I just, if I can just get a good night's sleep, that would be awesome because I'm so exhausted from being up all night last night. And we got home from the class and I just remember being so emotional that night for whatever reason. I just had this total breakdown, um, sitting in bed, talking to my husband and I just, we're supposed to be going to bed. And I just started crying and I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't sleep. I'm so tired. It was like all the things. And I finally like, you know, okay, got to a point where I was like, all right, got the feelings under control, going to go to sleep. So I lay down to go to bed and you know how it is in pregnancy. You're like, oh, let me squeeze out like one more pee. Like, let me just get up to do one last bathroom break and then I'll Mm -hmm. go to bed. 
So I got up to go to the bathroom and of course <laughs> my water breaks. Um, <laughs> and I had listened to enough birth stories to know that it was not pee. Like it was definitely like, okay, my water just broke. It was like a little trickle down my leg, but I was like, no, that was definitely not pee. I did not need to go that badly. So mm-hmm. I kind of called to my husband and I was like, uh, baby, it's like one thirty in the morning. I was like, uh, my water just broke. <laughs> And I was like, dang it. I don't know. I didn't make it to bed. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I was like, no. Okay. So my, so my water breaks and he was like, are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure it's just pee. I was like, no, it really is definitely not pee. And as I said that, like a huge kind of gush came out. Um, so yeah, definitely not pee. And um, I was like, okay. So I thought, all right, well, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, it could be a while till we start having contractions and, but my contractions started right away. Um, Mm. And right off the bat, they were kind of lasting more than a minute and they were 90 seconds apart. So super close together. Um, And they were feeling pretty, pretty intense. And my husband being the good, like Bradley method student that he was, he knew that if labor starts at night, it's a good idea to go get some sleep. So he was like, I think you should, I think you should get to sleep. I think you should lie down. And I was like, I don't think that these are the kind of contractions. Like, I don't think that these are the contractions you sleep through. Mm-hmm. They were just super intense, like right off the bat. And I remember reading somewhere, I don't remember where I read it, but I remember reading somewhere like a way to know if you're kind of in active labor would, would be to ask yourself this question. If I was in the middle of crossing the street when I felt this contraction, would I be able to finish crossing the road or would I have to stop in the middle of the road with like oncoming traffic? And I remember like thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, like I would have to stop in the middle of the road for these. And labor just started. I was like, oh, my gosh, these are really strong. Yeah, they felt really, really strong. Like, right. That's also a really, really good litmus test there. I like that question. Yeah, it really helped. It really helped. Um, So I was like, okay, all right. We're like, this is it. You know, we're in labor. And um, they were pretty consistently staying that close together. So we kind of track them for a little while and I was like okay you need to call the midwife like I'm gonna hop in the shower because who knows like how long I I think I was like mentally prepared you know with your first labor you're like okay it's gonna be the long you know it's gonna be this long labor and Mm -hmm. uh, who knows when I'll get a shower so I hopped in the shower and my husband stepped out of the room to call the midwife and a couple of minutes later he called back in and he walked back in the bathroom and he was like so don't freak out. Um, but she's actually on her way to another birth right now. I was like, oh. okay, all right. Okay. What about her backup? You know, cause if she was just like leaving to a birth, I'm like, okay, it's not like she's wrapping up another birth. You know, she's just right. leaving. Um, what about her backup? And he's like, okay, let me check in with her. Um, and I'll let you know. So I was still in the shower when he steps back in and he's like, all right, don't freak out, but her backup is also at another birth. <laughs> oh, like, what? Wow. Is everybody in Florida having a baby right now? <laughs> 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 Are you serious? So 
he said, well, you know, she is thinking that, you know, with you being a first time uh, mom, that it'll probably be a longer labor. And the mom that she is, whose birth she's attending now is a second time mom. She expects that she'll go pretty fast. And she thinks like she'll likely be able to kind of wrap up there and then kind of meet us here a little bit later in, in labor. And did you know that backup midwife? Um, yes. Yes. Actually, I had uh, I had met her before. Yes, yeah, so I did. Gotcha. I did know her. And I, so I was like, okay, well, I just like had this feeling like, I don't think that's going to happen, but okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, <laughs> it, it, if I were to guess, it feels faster than that. But we'll, we'll see, you know, you kind of, I think are in this, like when you're in labor, you just are like, well, too bad. I'm working on birthing a baby. So you guys can figure that out and I'll be here later, you know? (laughs) Um, So I got out of the shower and I just remember like starting to like blow dry my hair and do my hair. And my husband is like, what are you doing? (laughs) And it was just so funny, but I just felt like I needed to like do my hair in labor even though I was having these like really strong contractions. So I would just um, like curl my hair and then pause um, and go through a contraction and kind of stand up and do it, do it again. <laughs> um, so after that, I, I think my husband like tried to bring me some mango to eat because he was like, okay, you know, we're supposed to, eat, supposed to get something in your belly in early labor. And I just immediately threw it up. I just couldn't hold it down. And I think like having heard other birth stories and stuff as well, I thought, okay, I don't have an appetite. I'm already throwing up. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I missed like early labor stages. Like I feel like I'm in active labor. So I, I just couldn't hold it down. But one thing I hadn't anticipated, or I just, I don't know. I just hadn't thought through is if your water breaks early on in labor, you continue to leak amniotic fluid. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, where do I labor? You know, I had all this, this plan for like, how I would do my labor in different parts of our apartment I could labor on, but I didn't want to like, you know, get amniotic fluid all over our, our carpet or, you know, mm-hmm. like we're, this is a rental. So, um, <laughs> so do not own this. <laughs> exactly. I was like, well, they're not going to forgive this. Um, so we kind of just ended up sitting in the hallway for a little bit. And, um, I really just wanted to listen to some worship music and labor and kind of worship a little bit. Um, cause I was just so, so grateful for this experience. And so we did that. I kind of got out one of the like the little like pee pad looking things and and just sat on it in the hallway for a while um, and did that. And then my doula arrived around 4 a.m. So just a couple hours into labor. We had we also called her pretty much right away. And by the time she got there, I was laboring on the toilet pretty much because of the amniotic fluid. I was like, well, this has got to go somewhere. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to sit on the toilet. <laughs> I'm this just going to sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't know what to do with this. It's amazing how much that kind of just threw off my, like my plans for labor or what I thought it would look mm-hmm. like. But I also remembered somebody saying like, you know, you're further in labor when your modesty is just like completely out the window. And I did not care that she was walking in to me completely like no panties on, on the toilet. Like it it did not Mm -hmm. bother me at all. (laughs) (laughs) So when she got there, I asked her if she would blow up the birth pool. Like I, I just really wanted to be in the water. I think with just the intensity of the contractions I was feeling, I, 
just really craved that water and I and I'd heard and I knew that it could kind of help a lot with that. And and I was so attached to my husband in labor. Like I just did not want him to leave my side, not even for a second. But I wanted to be in the water so badly that while my doula was filling up the birth pool, I put some water in in our bathtub, like just an inch or two, um, because she was super worried that we'd run out of hot water and that if I was like showering or, or sitting in a hot bath that we wouldn't have enough water for the pool. So I just remember, I don't know, sitting in like two inches of water and just ladling <laughs> it over myself just because I so badly like craved sitting, sitting in water. And so that's what I did. I just did that until the birth pool was full. And then I, I was able to get into the birth pool. And I remember, I just remember stepping into the birth pool. It felt really hot to me. I think you know, normally your midwife would fill up the pool or, or even maybe your spouse. But in this case, I, I just did not want him to leave my side. So um, it was kind of on the hot side. And we ended up actually dumping out all of the ice from the freezer into the pool mm-hmm. to kind of help cool it down because it was just like, it was just too hot. It was uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me. And um, I, <laughs> I remember this moment where I thought, gosh, I'm thirsty and I want to put some of that ice in my mouth, but it's all in the pool. And that means we have, we have no ice left. And so I was like hoping no one was looking, but I was like scooping ice cubes out of the pool to to put in my mouth before they melted. And um, I I was like, yeah, I hope nobody thinks this is gross, but too bad. I just really want it. So I was in the pool um, just because I was feeling pretty warm. They spent a lot of time, like my husband and my doula, kind of just getting um, cold washcloths and putting that on me and kind of fanning me a little bit as well. And I just remember that feeling like really nice to me in the labor. And at one point, we're able to open the doors a little bit and get a bit of a breeze. So at this point in my labor, my eyes have been closed the whole labor. Like I, I really didn't open them at all for this labor. My contractions just felt so intense and they were picking up even more. And I'd heard, you know, so many stories, people describing their contractions as like pressure or like a wave. And like, I'll be honest, like in this labor, my contractions were extremely painful. Like Mm -hmm. I would even, I would even say excruciating in this labor. I had a very different experience in my second labor. And that helped Mm -hmm. me, I think a lot to understand like how other people describe their labors because I, I just realized it can be so different, but these ones, it was really intense. And I think a big part of that was just having my water break at the start of labor, uh, mm-hmm. making that just really, really rough on my body. And I was grateful to not have been in the hospital because I really think if I had been, I probably would have, I would have <laughs> given me all the drugs, you know? Right. So I just clung to the side of this birth pool with my eyes closed. And I pretty much was not sitting in a position that was helpful or effective in delivering a baby at all. I was pretty much just sitting on my legs, you know, I had studied all these different birthing positions and I thought, and I imagined myself wanting to do squat in labor or be on all fours or, you know, do all these different birthing positions to kind of help it along. And I thought those instincts would kind of kick in, but I never felt that they never did. And I just kind of sat that way. I think as a way to almost hold back my labor, it just mm-hmm. felt like it was happening in such a strong force. And it was just so intense that sitting that way, I almost felt like I was trying to, you know, cross my legs and hold the baby in. 
because the pace and intensity that I was going at felt like just about all I could bear. And if I, if I did anything that could possibly intensify it, that just, you know, the thought of that really scared me. So I kind of just clung to that the pool a little bit. And I, I just remember my doula and my husband trying to convince me or coax me out of the pool to, to go to the bathroom or, you know, to try a different position. And I just refused. I was like, I'm going to pee in the birth pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Just leave me here. Like, I'm fine. I also remember in this labor that I couldn't talk. It was the weirdest thing, but I could not speak. It was like somebody had just, I had so many thoughts going on in my head. So many things I wanted to say or express or say how I was feeling, but it was like, I was just so completely silenced. And um, that silence like didn't break until the second the baby was born. And then I, I started talking. Yeah. I, I remember like once he was born, my husband was like, there you are. Oh, hi. You know? And I, I just, cause I, I just couldn't talk. It was so, it was so strange, but it seems like know, there was just so much stimulation, you know, like so it, much exactly. quick stimulation. Exactly. Yes. It was like my body was doing a lot of work very quickly and it was, it was really intense and I just couldn't, like, I couldn't do more than that, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember my husband trying to encourage me, you know, of course he's, he's practiced all these, the Bradley method is so great about including the spouse and mm-hmm. um, kind of teaching them things that you could say that would be encouraging or helpful and he was trying to encourage me by telling me, you know, we'd see our baby soon and, you know, you're going to hold your baby. And I thought that those would be motivating to me in labor, but actually I found that so overwhelming. I could not think that many steps ahead. I just needed to focus on like the contraction I was about to go through. And that was like more than I could, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do more than that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had to ask, I kind of was like, no, stop, like, please stop, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in the few words that I could say. So that was really interesting because it was also very different uh, the second time for me. I told you that I I started throwing up in my labor, but that continued through the whole labor. Uh, Mm. And I know you had an experience like that too. Yep. (laughs) I know you understand. I feel you so deeply. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I just continued to throw up with all of my, like every contraction I have, I would throw up and I, I wanted to stay really hydrated. So I was like guzzling down coconut water and water. And it's like, every time I took a sip, it would just come right back up. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like we still hadn't had any word on a midwife. And so I was like, okay, well, we're just going to have this baby. I think we're having it alone. (laughs) (laughs) So it finally got to a point where my doula asked me, she said, are you pushing? And I was like, no, I'm not pushing. Um, And I had, I hadn't been, but her asking that question, I think made me feel like, oh, maybe like, maybe I'm at the pushing stage. Am I at the pushing stage? Maybe I should start pushing. Maybe I should just kind of test it out and see what that feels like. And I really wish I hadn't because my body wasn't ready. It wasn't time yet. But I think with the intensity of the contractions, I was thinking, well, maybe if I start pushing now, maybe it'll just, you know, be over quicker. And like, maybe this will be over um, and I can kind of just speed this along. And um, I remember her telling me like, you know, you should be able to reach down and maybe you can probably feel the head in the birth canal at this point. And I, 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 
I felt down there and I didn't feel anything. So that was probably a really good indicator to me that I was not there yet. And I think because of that, because I, I pushed when my, my body wasn't quite ready, I, I ended up with like terrible hemorrhoids after this labor. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so that was a fun um, postpartum, <laughs> postpartum experience. <laughs> that was um, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a few minutes later, my body did start to push. And then I was like, oh, okay, here it is. You know, here it is. Like, this is the feeling. My body just started to push on its own. And man, it was the craziest feeling. It it just felt almost like an electric current was like being charged through my body. Like every (laughs) single inch of my body would just like, I know it's so hard to explain, almost like if you've ever been like violently ill, like throwing up that kind of intensity that you, you know, that your body goes through when you go to like puke, it felt like almost like that, like strong urges, but you know, downward. Throwing up backwards is what my midwife would call it. (laughs) It, It's just like that. It was, it was so strange. So that started and I was like, okay, I'm pushing. Wow. Like I'm like, okay, this is it, you know? And I still had my eyes closed, still like had, (laughs) still had them shut. And I just remember like opening my eyes finally between a contraction. And I saw, Hey, there's another person in the room. I had like not at all seen her show up, but it was another midwife that my, my midwife had sent over. And I guess her thought was I'll send over this midwife and and she'll kind of check her for me and let me know where she's at. So to let me know if I have time to make it over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the midwife is like, okay, um, like let's, you know, let's step out of the birth pool and I'm going to, I'm going to check you and see where you're at. So I knew in my head, I was like, well, I know I'm at a 10. Like, there's no way I'm mm-hmm. not at a 10. Like my body is pushing the baby out. So we walked to the bed and she checked me and she said, yep, you're at a 10. Like you're ready to push. Give me just a second. I'm going to go back to my car and get a few things. <laughs> Uh, because she hadn't brought anything up with her thinking, you know, that she was just going to check in and I probably wasn't that far along. Right. So I went back into the birth pool and I just remember like doing this funny, ridiculous, like penguin waddle back to the birth pool (laughs) because I felt like the baby was so low. And I was like, he's just going to fall out. Like he's going to fall out while I work to walk to the birth pool. (laughs) And I was like, I have to have him in the birth pool. Like I just felt like the water would be, I don't know that it would just feel better. So I did that like waddle to the pool. Um, and she came back up kind of with all her, her equipment that she needed. And my husband was in the pool with me at this time. Like and I have to give him props. He's sitting in there with, I'm sure, all kinds of pee, amniotic <laughs> fluid. Like, I, I think I'm pretty sure I, I saw my mucus plug in the pool at that time. And he just got in there like like a champ. Very nice. Yes. That is a that is a Bradley method dad there. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. So I continue to get those, you know, very forceful contractions, like to, to push the baby out, but I still was having a really hard time. I think I pushed for an hour and 45 minutes. So probably by the time that midwife arrived, I was probably like an hour and 15 minutes into pushing. Um, oh, wow. so I'd, yeah. So I'd already kind of you know, there was part of me that thought maybe something's wrong. Like nobody's here to kind of tell me. So perhaps like his positioning is not ideal or like, why is this taking, you know, a while I was having a hard time pushing and 
I would start to make progress during a contraction, like his, his head was there and then the contraction would end and his head would go back in. Mm-hmm. And I would start to make some progress again on the next contraction and his head would go back in as soon as it ended. And I found it really frustrating because pushing was the most intense part of the labor for me. It was super intense. And midwife finally coached me to kind of hold the pressure between the contractions, which I wasn't mm-hmm. doing. You know, I was kind of like taking my rest between the contractions. And she was like, how, right. how about you try holding the pressure? And that was like the trick for me. Um, so I, hel- I held the pressure and I kind of, it still took several pushes and it still felt like hard work. Um, oh, and yeah. she ended up, yeah, it was, it was not easy, but I at least wasn't like kind of losing all that ground each time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she ended up actually manually helping me. Like I remember her just kind of putting, I don't know if she like kind of put her finger to like move things back a little bit so the head could kind of come out. And I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, it sounds like he was having a hard time getting under that pubic bone if it was going that long. Yeah. That's, I think so. I think so. So his head finally is out in the water and, um, I, I think I kind of imagined that like once his head was out, the rest of him would just kind of like slip on out because, it you know, it was mm-hmm. smaller than the head, but it, it didn't happen that way. Um, it was still like several contractions before his body was out. And I just remember like everybody was like smiling and like my husband was like crying, happy tears. And I just thought like, you guys, like I am still working. <laughs> like please help me. Like I am like, focus. This is the hardest part. You know, they were just like a baby. Um, but in that, in that moment, I remember feeling like I probably should feel concerned that his head is just sitting in the water for this long between contractions. But I I wasn't at all worried because I just, it was, again, it was just so intense for me that I felt like, okay, well, all I can worry about is what I'm going through right now. So he's just going to have to, <laughs> he's just going to have to hang in there, <laughs> like just head in the water. <laughs> uh, so finally, of course, he, he did come all the way out and he was born at 9.42 a.m. So it had been, you know, labor started at 1.30. So it was about just over eight and a half hours from start to finish. Um, but it felt very, it felt fast to me. Even though I know that's like kind of a good length for labor, it felt super fast and very intense to my body. Um, And I think even once I had him on my chest, I still have my eyes closed. (laughs) I think I was kind of shocked by the whole experience, like just the intensity of the sensations. And I had kind of separated that from having a baby. I was like, okay, I'm going through labor. But having a baby was like the next thing. And when they put the baby to my chest, it just felt confusing. Like, uh, do you know what I, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I thought I sure. would feel these like warm, fuzzy feelings, but instead I was just like, what is this? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, like whoa, whoa, what? what's touching me? <laughs> yeah. Like I needed a moment to recover just to kind of kind of labor itself. And then suddenly mm-hmm. I had this baby kind of thrust upon me. And I think that the way that my birth went down, like there was nothing wrong with my birth. It was a beautiful eight and a half hour healthy home birth. In fact, I didn't even bleed very much. 
after that, they had been a little bit concerned because I'd had a little bit of uh, lower iron in my blood. So um, they were concerned I might need a shot, Pitocin, but I, I didn't end up needing it. Like it actually was a, a really straightforward birth, you know, when you're looking at it. I think I just had like a little tiny first degree tear um, and it wasn't even enough that I needed stitches. Like I could have stitches, but she said, you know, just kind of keep your legs together for the next couple of weeks and you're, you'll be fine. So yeah, it was just, it was just kind of straightforward, but for whatever reason, the intensity of it for me, I think affected the way that I bonded with the baby and was just such a surprise to me because I had had this uh, amazing pregnancy where I felt so connected to the baby and so absolutely loving all of pregnancy and so excited to have a baby. And so I didn't expect that my first moments, like I would feel disconnected like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of led to a really difficult postpartum season for me. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I think that this is so important to talk about because I do feel like this is not uncommon. You know, there are moms who are immediately overwhelmed with all of the like oxytocin, amazing euphoric, lovey beta endorphin hormone mix. But then there's also like a, a very large amount of people who are like needing to take a minute, like who are just reeling from the experience. And there's nothing like that. Th it's important that people know, like, yeah, that's, that's also normal. That also happens. And with your birthing experience, the way that I think it, it sounds like the way that it just started so intensely, like so surprisingly intensely. And then once you go into labor, time doesn't make sense anyway. So <laughs> you know, like, so I can totally understand where it's like, yeah, on paper. Okay. I had an eight and a half hour birth. That's like quote ideal, but from your perspective, well, time doesn't matter anyway. And it was intense from start to finish. And so right. that can feel so precipitous. Yes, exactly. It, and it did, it did feel that way for me. I think especially, you know, you sort of prepare yourself mentally for having a long first labor. You're like, the chances are I'll have a long labor. I'm planning in my head for like 30 hours just so that I won't lose my, you know, stamina. And then but what you don't realize is a longer labor might, it just probably wouldn't look like that from start to finish. It's a very different mm -hmm. kind of um, progression of labor. So I think right. I wasn't entirely prepared to have a more intense short labor, a shorter mm -hmm. labor, I guess. Yeah, right. no, that totally makes sense. So let's talk about that postpartum phase. You mentioned it kind of led into this really difficult season. What what were you experiencing and how did that come about? Yeah, postpartum after my first child was very, very difficult for me. Um, it started out where my baby just, um, he just was a very sleepy baby at first and he wasn't nursing very well. Uh, he didn't end up having, you know, any ties or anything like that, thankfully, but he just really wasn't interested in latching. He just was so sleepy uh, for the first couple of days after birth. It just seemed like his interest in, in nursing wasn't really there. Um, and we knew obviously it was really important for him to start getting a good latch and, you know, to bring on my mature milk. And so we did speak to a lactation consultant and she encouraged us to have him latch like every hour on the hour as like practice, but also mm -hmm. just to make sure that he was picking up 
because he, he was starting to lose weight to the point where they were a little bit concerned with kind of, you know, his, um, the fat that's surrounding his organs, the brown fat, I think it's what it's called, um, that he was mm-hmm. kind of losing some of that. And so she said, okay, just, nur- you know, nurse him every hour on the hour. And, and that's from like the start of the feed to the start of the next feed. So if it takes him half an hour, then you start half an hour after that again, you know? Oh, um, wow. And that yeah. was rough. Like we did do that and we did it at night too. And that alone, it would be a whole ordeal each time he latched, you know, we would have to turn all the lights on and we would have to go to such great lengths to wake him up because he was so sleepy. We'd have to like, it would, I don't know, it would sometimes take us like 20 minutes to get him fully awake to where he'd even try to latch. And my husband would, would have to help me help get him latched. Anyway, so, so that breastfeeding, I think, was challenging for us at the start. And that began kind of me not getting a lot of sleep going right. and him not getting a lot of sleep as well, I think. Um, and I had a huge oversupply. I ended up having a, like just a very big supply. And it made it very uncomfortable for me to sleep. I would try to kind of hand express to, just to get comfortable. Um, and so even when the baby was sleeping, I was awake. Um, I, in general, have a hard time sleeping. So I just anticipate him needing me or waking up. Um, and then I felt like he could kind of smell me in the same room as me. So even when he was starting to latch on his own pretty well, it felt like he would wake frequently and want to nurse like very, very often. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would say for the first six weeks postpartum, I probably had one to two hours of sleep per like 24 hours. And oh. and that was not like in a row. That was like 10 minute snatch here, 15 minute snatch a couple hours later. And I'm really not exaggerating. It was one to two hours yeah. a day. And that continued for six weeks. And I oh think being first time parents, um, we would try to talk to people about it, but we didn't necessarily know that that wasn't normal. Right. You know, everybody says that they're tired after having a baby. And we thought, I, I guess, I guess this is, you know, what it's like. And we would try to express it to people and people would say, oh, yeah. I know how that feels, you know, mm-hmm. like newborn babies. And so it just, I think people kind of brushed it aside as like normal, a normal newborn experience and didn't realize like how much we were actually struggling. So, I mean, when you don't get sleep for that long, you cannot function as a person. I started to have such a hard time differentiating between reality and like I, I started to hallucinate. I mean, I was so exhausted that I would wake up and think that I was like, wake up to a crying baby and think that I was nursing him. And Mm. John Michael, my husband would say, Angelique, here, you need to nurse the baby. And I would say, I am nursing him, John Michael. And he Mm. was like, no, you're not, honey. You're laying down with your eyes closed. Like, And I would say, no, I'm not. I'm sitting up holding my baby. I'm nursing him. Mm. And meanwhile, he was actually holding the baby in his arms. And he said, open your eyes. Look at me. Look, I'm holding our baby. And I I remember looking at him, seeing the baby in his arms. And instead of like logically thinking like, oh, you have the baby. I thought, where did he get another baby? Like, where did he get a baby? 
Yeah. Um, where did you come from? Where did that baby come from? Like there's two now. <laughs> and wow. um, yeah, I just constantly thought I was nursing him when I wasn't. And I would often, even after I'd put him back in his crib at night, I would find myself sitting up holding a bundle of blankets, like literally mm. like the babies. And I thought he was in there and that I was holding him and that he was nursing. And then I would suddenly realize that he wasn't in there. And I would start frantically searching for him in the blankets, thinking I had maybe smothered him under the blankets or um, just something horrible had happened. Um, and that just happened over and over where I just wasn't even capable of finding my own child in the room that I was in and nursing him. Um, yeah. And so my husband had to physically bring him to me every single time I would nurse. And I, he would always start by telling me like, okay, remember you're not holding the baby. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have the baby and I'm giving him to you now. And he would kind of narrate to me what was happening. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of be able to kind of follow along with reality a little bit. And, um, I just remember I started to try to tell myself like when I would wake up confused, you know, after my little 10 minute snatch of sleep or whatever, I was so confused. I would try to remind myself like, okay, there's something that you're supposed to remember. What is it? You know? Oh yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. You're not holding the baby. And I would kind of just repeat that to myself, like, like a mantra to kind of hold on to reality a little bit. And I remember like I had been reading this weird, like alien post-apocalyptic book um, to kind of try to keep myself awake during some of the time I was spending breastfeeding. And I remember one day thinking, okay, you're supposed to remember something. Like, what was it? That's right. You're not holding the baby. And then I thought, aha, that's what the aliens want you to think. Oh, like, oh, I just had this, like, and I thought that was so true. I thought, yeah. They're tricking my mind. They want me to think I'm holding my baby. It was, it was crazy. Like, mm. I mean, it was way beyond postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. Yeah. And, and it was like into postpartum psychosis land. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I still didn't know that that wasn't normal. I still didn't That's know that this so wasn't. upsetting. It's yeah. so, it's so hard to hear like, you guys were just struggling so deeply with this and no one knew, like no one understood where you were coming from. Yes. And, and we did try to reach out to some people, but we, I right. also did get to a point, I think, where I stopped trying to reach out to people and I started trying to hide it even mm -hmm. because I was starting to feel ashamed or guilty about the feelings that I was having or like the thoughts I was having about killing myself just to sleep. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds like just, it sounds like wonderful sleep, you know, mm -hmm. um, or hurting my baby, harming my baby, something I knew I would never want to do. But in the moment I thought like, Oh, my poor husband, if I, you know, off myself, then he'll be stuck alone with the baby. So I have to take him too, right. you know, and just these horrible oh, thoughts that I was so ashamed to tell anybody that I was thinking or experiencing. And we did, tried to find some postpartum support groups. And I talked to a postpartum doula. I talked to my midwife and a few different people and everybody, they did try to point me to a few resources or counselors, but no one was taking on new clients. The postpartum doula I talked to was like $850 for like a few uh, in-person 
talks, you know, and I mm. just, I, we just couldn't swing that. Right. And our insurance did not cover, even if um, somebody was taking on clients, but it just felt like we were so buried in it and we couldn't find a solution while also going through it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So how long did this go on and then how did it finally resolve? So was about six weeks until we finally started to experiment with different sleeping arrangements to see if that would help. Um, and we finally discovered that if I slept in the living room portion of our one bedroom apartment and my husband stayed in the bedroom with the baby and I had earplugs in and we had a sound machine on in both rooms and I took melatonin to help me sleep that I could finally get some rest and he would kind of just bring the baby to me whenever he needed to nurse. And that way I didn't mentally feel like I needed to listen for him. I didn't have to change diapers. I didn't have to burp the baby. And it gave me kind of just more freedom to let go and, and um, kind of not like turn off my mom ears a little bit. Right. Um, so that helped significantly at that point when I was able to, you know, maybe get five hours of sleep a night for a while. And, but, you know, it takes a long time to recover from no sleep for six weeks. So I would say that all in all, it took probably a year before I finally felt like, okay, I pretty much feel back to normal. And I would still have off days, even at that year mark. But I think a large part of that was because, you know, we never really did find a solution to it. It was just kind of working through it on our own. And we mm -hmm. didn't really have a lot of help postpartum, which was something I really wanted to prevent going into my second, obviously my second birth and my second pregnancy. Right. Okay. So when did you get pregnant with your second in comparison to this? So I got pregnant. I didn't have a period again until like 365 days after my son was born. Like it was like the night mm -hmm. before his one year birthday, pretty much. Wow. Um, I had one cycle and then I got pregnant again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much like right at that year mark where I was finally, I was feeling like myself again is kind of right when I got pregnant. Um, and we were, we were trying, so it wasn't uh, a surprise, but I, we had had some fertility struggles with my first. And so I think we kind of thought, okay, it'll, it'll probably take a while and you, you never know. But I did pretty much got pregnant, like right after that first um, postpartum, like first period, <laughs> okay. uh, I was pregnant pregnant with my second. And what was it like going through pregnancy? Like, did you feel you, you had said, you know, like at that year mark, you were starting to feel more like yourself, more stable. Did that continue through your pregnancy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it definitely did. I, I would say like through my pregnancy, I was pretty much feeling like myself again. And, um, and we moved during that time to South Carolina. So I, I think I was about halfway through my pregnancy, maybe five months in when we moved here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and then what was that like transitioning and finding care in the middle of your pregnancy? So we had started care in Florida with my original midwife. You know, we'd, we'd become really good friends with her and we we're so bummed that she missed our first birth. And we're hoping, you know, that she would be able to deliver my second child, but then we, we decided to move. So, mm -hmm. so unfortunately we had to transfer care. There's a pretty great community here, I think, surrounding mm -hmm. like natural birth. And so it was pretty, it was pretty easy to find a midwife here. She comes really highly recommended. So um, that was kind of just, and luckily she had like one more spot left, I think for the month 
that I was pregnant. So it wasn't, it wasn't mm. actually too bad, you know, but you kind of think, oh, a second time around, I'll already have all my, you know, my birth workers that I, I love. So having to start over on that was a little tricky, but it wasn't. Right. And then I'd love to hear, cause I know this birth story is just totally different from your first. I'd love yeah. to hear how this happened. Oh, sure. Yeah. So there were three things that I prayed over this birth because of the challenges from my first birth. I was like, Lord, please may I not throw up through this labor because I was I had that prayer in that first. Yeah, exactly. I know you really, <laughs> that was on my list <laughs> uh-huh. and not throw up in this labor. Can my water not break right at the beginning, please? And can pushing just be a little bit easier? <laughs> so a slight spoiler, but all of those things came true in this birth. This birth was just such a redemptive birth for me. Yeah. It was just complete opposite to my first labor. And to be honest, my first labor made me kind of question a little bit uh, having a second home birth because I think had I had access to drugs in the first labor, I, <laughs> I would have taken them. And so it really made me question that the second time around. But just reminding myself of the reason, you know, that we, we choose a natural birth, like all the benefits to the baby and also wanting to birth my child in our, our first home that we own. And having mm-hmm. those memories, you know, because having your baby in an apartment means that one day you just leave that apartment and you, you're never going to step foot there again. And so having the thought of having a home birth in our home, in this, this place that I feel like God brought us to, just felt really beautiful. So mm-hmm. I'm very glad that we did choose to do that because it was just such a different experience. So, but of course, right when I was at like 35 weeks of pregnancy, the coronavirus happens in America. <laughs> and yeah. Mm-hmm. And so right when my son was going to be born, my second son, we were at the height of lockdown. Like I was the first mom that I knew giving birth like during COVID. So it was all new. Everything was, you know, kind of pretty scary at that point. We pretty much shut ourselves into her house and did not see anybody because I, I really just didn't want to risk our home birth by catching it or, you know, I didn't absolutely did not want to be in a hospital, possibly surrounded by other people who are sick. So we were pretty, pretty strict with that, but I knew all my carefully laid plans for postpartum and having extra support and having help this time around were, uh, were pretty much dashed that I was like, no, (laughs) like, dang it. Mm. So, you know, when you think you have it figured out, but Oh, I, I forgot to mention that my both of my sons are born on their due date. Oh, very interesting. Yes, right on time. So the night before my due date, I had a ton of Braxton Hicks, like just back to back to back to back. And then, you know, we go to bed that night and our power went out. We had a, if you live here, you might remember this day in April because there were just a ton of storms that night. And pretty much everybody's power got knocked out in this this side of town. Um, So our power went out around 2 a.m. that night. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, my husband came and woke me up. And he said, honey, there are tornadoes in the area. And we need to get down into the basement right now. So we, you know, kind of scooped up our two-year-old or almost two-year-old, our dog and me, like, night before my due date and kind of huddled down in the basement for a while until, until that kind of passed. And once the warning expired, we all went back to bed, but my husband kind of slept out in the living room to kind of hear my son 
since our house is pretty big and we had no power for, you know, a baby monitor. And it took him, I think, a while to go back to sleep. And then around 6 a.m., I woke up straight from a dream. Like my contraction, my first contraction was like in my dream. And I woke up straight from my dream to realize that I was having, I was starting to feel some contractions. And they felt pretty different than the first, than my first labor. They felt very crampy and very like low, very low down, like some kind of like intense, like period pains, but nowhere near the feeling of, of my first labor's contractions at all. So I kind of just thought, okay, well, I'll kind of just lay in bed for a little bit and monitor and see if this really is contractions. I was hesitant to wake up my husband after I knew he had just gotten back to bed. Uh, So I kind of waited. I I texted my midwife and doula just to kind of give them a heads up that maybe I might be in labor. I finally woke him up about 7.30, about an hour and a half later. And, And my contractions were, I think I would say about 10 minutes apart. Um, lasting 30 seconds or so. So I didn't feel like I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to have a slow labor this time. My doula, knowing how my first labor had gone, she kind of wanted to get there kind of quickly. So she got there at 930. So I'd, I'd been in labor about three and a half hours, but just pretty easygoing labor. My midwife showed up shortly after her with her assistant And we weren't able to have a babysitter. So we had been planning to have a babysitter during the labor, but because of the coronavirus, like we couldn't have anybody else watching our son. So he was kind of just, you know, free for all in our house during labor. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of whoever could keep tabs on him. My midwife's assistant ended up doing kind of a lot of watching him and uh, helping him in and out of of the room I was in (laughs) whenever he wanted to. But of course, the power was still not on. So no power meant no music, no essential oils, like going, no birth pool. (laughs) So it was also a different experience. I thought, okay, well, I might be having a baby out of the birth pool this time. But it was this perfect spring day and my labor was feeling very manageable to me. Like it felt like, oh, okay, we'll be in this for the long haul, you know? So we opened up the doors, our balcony doors to our bedroom and I got to do, I think, what I envisioned the first time around where I labored in different positions, different parts of the house. And the door was open. It was perfect spring air. I could hear the birds outside. And uh, we kind of live like right on three acres of, uh, we have three acres of forest, but we're also surrounded by other forest land. So it was Mm -hmm. just very cool. And I felt very alert, very present. I was able to talk throughout my labor. I was smiling between contractions. Um, I was able to interact with my son. He would come like hand me toys and then I would have a contraction and I have uh, birth photos of me like holding on to these like wooden eggs that he handed me <laughs> in labor. And he, you know, he got to be very present in my labor as well. So yeah, it was just very different, very different feeling. My midwife offered to check me. I didn't feel like she needed to uh, until kind of, so it just kind of progressed pretty steadily like that. When I started feeling like, okay, things might be getting a little bit more serious now, I asked her to come, come check me. And she did. And I was at seven centimeters and I thought, okay, yeah, that, that feels right to me. Like that felt like where I was at. So that was nice kind of confirmation. Like, okay, this whole pregnancy, my son had been sitting very low. So I mean, so low that I would like sit down and kind of feel it when I sat like mm-hmm. toward the end of 
see his head was just right there. So my contractions just felt very low, lots of pressure, really low down. My mother-in-law, unbeknownst to me, had been calling the power company, like begging them to turn on our power. Like my daughter-in-law is in labor. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so sweet of her. Um, and of course, everybody's power was out. But mm-hmm. they finally did put our power back on, I'm sure, because of her persistence. Um, and it came <laughs> on around 1130, like our power came on. And at this point in labor, I was pretty dang close to having a baby. I didn't think I was. I mean, I I knew I was getting there, but it just still seems so manageable to me that it just didn't occur to me that I could be like about to push a baby out. Um, So I asked my birth team, can you please fill up the birth pool? And I just remember my doula saying, honey, you are not going to make it. Like you are not going to make it into a pool. And I'm like, yes, please, please just fill it up. Like I just, once the contractions started picking up, I just, again, felt like I want to be in the water. And she said, well, we can fill up your tub. And I was like, no, fill up my birth pool, please. Please just blow up the birth pool. And my husband finally said to her, look, if you guys don't blow up the birth pool, Angelique will stall her labor. Like (laughs) I know her and I know how stubborn she is. And she will literally stop labor if you don't fill this up. So they told me, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to fill up the birth pool, but just bear in mind that while you're laboring on the bed, none of us will be over there. We will be over Mm. here filling up this pool. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. So I had it in my mind that I, I was just going to hold in this baby. Like I'm waiting on this pool and, um, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep the baby in until then. So I started doing basically everything that you learn not to do in like when you're the push, you know, like they tell you, oh, you do kind of lower gruntier noises. Like you moan, deep moans. I was making very high pitched noises. They tell you, you know, bear down. I started lifting my head up towards the ceiling. (laughs) I was like, what can I do to slow this baby's roll? Because I'm waiting on that pool. So (laughs) I was like, I'm not, I'm not having this baby. I'm waiting for the pool. I just remember my doula saying, you can, it's okay. Just let out those noises. And I was like, nope, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to start being quiet now. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make any noises. So I did. I just was quiet. I just went quiet. And I think I didn't want them to know that I was close because I was scared that everyone would stop filling up the pool and come over to me. And so I was just pretending I wasn't about to push out a baby. But my midwife told me later, like, you were not fooling anybody. Like, we knew. <laughs> so I, I just remember I was on my bed and my husband was kind of sitting behind me. And with every contraction, the pressure was just so, so low that I would have to just kind of push my hands down on the bed and pick up my pelvis just because it felt so intense, lower down. And that pressure against the bed was just like too much. So I remember just kind of calling out like, how, how is the birth pool going? And they said, well, it's about a third of the way done. And I was like, that's it? Just a third of the way? Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I hope they hurry. So they finally do finish the birth pool and I am able to wait. <laughs> and we get in the water and they're like, okay, good. Now she can have her baby. And I said, well, can Wilder, this is my, my two-year-old, can he come in the birth pool with me? Like, they just had this, this vision that I would have my two-year-old swim in the pool with me during labor and have these sweet moments together. Um, and they just kind of looked at each other like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? <laughs> 
you want us to wait on something else? And I was like, please, can you just come in here? It's fine. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. He's the baby's not coming out yet. And they were like, okay, <laughs> like, all right. We get my son in his little swim diaper and it was just the most exciting thing to him. You know, there's a, there's a pool in our bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. so he, he got in, he swam around. He had the, like the best time for all of like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a couple of contractions while he was in the pool and I just remember suddenly having one that was just really, just really serious. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, somebody get him out of the pool, get him out of the pool. <laughs> and so I just remember someone plucking him right out of the pool, taking him out of the room. And I was like, John Michael, get in the pool right now. <laughs> so he did. He stepped in the pool. I had one contraction with him in there, like once my son was out and on the next contraction, baby was coming out. Uh, Yeah. And I didn't expect it. Like I wasn't pushing at all. I think I just kind of stalled so long. My body was like, this baby's coming now. Um, (laughs) Fine. If you won't do it, I will. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it was completely the fetal ejection reflex. The baby came out in one go. Um, Oh, wow. And I had just turned to my midwife knowing that pushing was about to start and said, this is the part I hate. And she said, I know, honey, everybody hates this part. And anticipating this long, you know, pushing period, but this contraction comes on and suddenly I just feel like, oh, oh my gosh, like my body's pushing this baby out. Oh my gosh, here comes the head. And I thought nobody is looking like nobody knows the baby's being born. My like midwife is like getting gloves on or something. And my doula or my birth photographer and doula, she's like handing my midwife something. My husband does not know a baby's being born. And I thought I tell somebody like, I've got to say something because no one knows this baby's coming. And so I thought like, what is the most succinct way I can say this? So I said, pushing, pushing. And uh, my midwife, was like, okay. So my husband thought, okay, baby, you've got this. Like thinking I'm starting to push now, but the baby was born all in one go. And I thought that my body would kind of pause after the head and then maybe do a second contraction, but nope, he came all the way out into the bottom of the birth pool. And my midwife said, well, pick up your baby um, to my <laughs> husband who still had no idea. We just had a baby. Yeah. He was still looking at my face. And so he had to kind of fish him out the bottom of the birth pool a little bit. (laughs) Oh, okay. Here's the baby kind of find him in the bottom of the birth pool. And my water didn't break until that fetal ejection reflex. Like I felt a pop. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's when it broke at that very last like push. And I was just completely in shock that it was over, that I was already done with labor. It had been I think it's six and a half hours. It was like 1243 when he was born. All of my prayers for this labor were answered. I did not puke. I had a very easy time pushing and my water didn't break until that final push. So, and not, not only those things, but I just remember really enjoying my labor. Like I just, even in between every contraction, I thought this is so lovely. Like what a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. And it just felt wonderful. Like I thought, man, can we do this when I'm not in labor? People were like, you know, rubbing my back and letting me smell like good smelling essential oils. And I was like, wow, this feels 
this is just lovely. Like <laughs> this is a nice spa day. <laughs> yeah. It felt so relaxing. Like I, I felt very relaxed between every contraction. Uh, it was just very night and day from my first labor. Baby was born completely clean, no vernix on him at all and no blood at all in the birth pool. Birth pool was wow. clear, completely clear in my first birth. My older son, he was born with a ton of vernix. So I was super surprised that this baby was clean as a whistle, um, especially <laughs> since they were both born on their due date. Right. There was no blood. So I asked, like, can Wilder kind of got, my older son got brought back into the room and he popped right back into the birth pool. He'd only missed Aww. like two, con- two contractions. Like, but he'd just been out for a minute and um, he got to meet his baby brother. Uh, I remember the cord was wrapped around his ankle a little bit. So we kind of untangled that and his cord was pretty short. So I was having a hard time kind of keeping his face out of the water. And I ended up having to sit like on my husband's like legs on his knees to kind of prop myself up higher. And then while we were in the pool, I suddenly felt a strong contraction and I said, Oh, here comes a contraction and the birth pool pool, like filled with blood suddenly. Mm -hmm. So everybody got out real quick <laughs> um, and they, my midwife started kind of searching in the pool for the placenta, but she couldn't find it because it, it hadn't been birthed yet. So I think the amount of blood kind of concerned her considering that the placenta was not out yet. Um, so they cut the cord fairly quickly. I mean, it was, it was still a delayed um, cord cut, but it was, I was still, I still had the placenta inside, you know, when the, when the cord was cut. Um, and they kind of let my son go off with my husband to kind of help me and coach me through the placenta. I had a really hard time birthing the placenta. It was much harder than birthing the baby for whatever reason. They asked me like, can you, can you kind of try to use your ab muscles? And I tried, but I felt like I had zero abs. Like after pregnancy, I was like, I don't feel like anything is happening. So they had me kind of latch my son to kind of help encourage contractions. And they had my, you know, my toddler who's still nursing, also nurse on the other side as well. Still nothing. Uh, So they gave me some tinctures. I think it was Angelica root that they gave me to kind of encourage those contractions. And I was just, I was not concerned at all. I just felt so happy and so like just relieved that labor was over And I didn't really feel very serious about the situation until my midwife started, she just started praying out loud. And I just remember her saying, dear Jesus, like, like she just sounded real serious. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to help Angelique do whatever it takes to get this placenta out right now. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess we really have to get this placenta out. Mm -hmm. All right. So it made me just kind of realize, okay, probably the next steps were a petition shot. And then if that didn't work, like possibly a transfer. So I was like, okay, we're getting this placenta out. I squatted over the side of the bed and was able to birth the placenta. It just, it did take a mm. while. And when she saw it, she, she said, oh, wow, this is a very large placenta. And that's probably the reason it was having a hard, it was having a hard time detaching. Mm. Like on this scale of like dessert plate to dinner plate, she was like, it's at least a dinner plate. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty big. Yeah. But yeah, it, after that, I mean... I just had, they examined me. I just had a very slight skid mark. It didn't even burn at all when I peed. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, they, of course, 
insist on coming with you to the bathroom the first time. And I just remember feeling like, why? Like, I'm fine. Like, I don't, I don't need anybody to come into the bathroom with me. It felt like I, I never even needed to use Perry bottles. I felt amazing after that birth. I felt super energized. I felt happy. I felt, you know, all the good, all the good hormones and bonding experiences. I think I didn't feel the first time. Um, And not that you should recommend this, but probably I think four hours after my labor, I went for a walk around my neighborhood. Yeah, I don't recommend that, but <laughs> yes. that is really good <laughs> I know, but that's how good I was feeling. I felt like, yeah, I could yeah. go for a walk. Sure. Let's like, I, I feel like we've been cooped up all day. Let's go for a walk. I know probably don't do that, but you know, I was like, well, the Bradley method talks about like walking around after labor. They probably mean like up and down the room, but Perhaps. Like, yeah, let's walk the block. Uh, yeah. Like- Mm-hmm. But I just, my whole entire postpartum, I had very quick healing. I was able to be out and about uh, with my boys doing like, mm-hmm. you know, relatively easy activities, like right, pretty much right away, just very different experience. Like I would never have known based on how my body felt that I had just had a baby. Like I would wow. never have known that. And emotionally like, and sleep wise, was this just a totally different experience. Totally different experience. This baby latched beautifully from latch number one, had a perfect latch. In fact, he's never had a bad latch. Um, he ate well. He slept well. I mean, he slept eight hours a night from birth. Just blew my mind. Um, I, I had probably more sleep following, you know, his birth than I did in the end of the pregnancy. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, it really has been a great sleeper. Didn't really change until we hit four months sleep regression, but that's another story. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, wow. Well, I mean, just, yeah. And I feel like after hearing, you know, the tumultuous start that you had with your first, like this was just so, such a gift to be able to experience it this way this time. Yes. It was definitely so redeeming for me. And it just, it did help me understand and relate to moms who had had, you know, a very easy first birth or just really understanding how very different birth can be. And I mean, I'm still glad my first labor was natural and at home. It made me feel very brave to have gone through it all. And I, I think if I had to do it again, I would still do it that way. But yeah, it was just nice to have, I thought, wow, I could do this labor like any day. Like I would do this tomorrow, (laughs) you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, wow. Angelique, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing, you know, just the depths of your journey and, and from start to finish, just what has happened. It, it's sometimes one of those things where like, you know, things just don't go perfectly. Things sometimes go very difficult, like in a difficult direction. And I think other moms need to hear it so that if they find themselves experiencing something similar, they know, okay, this has happened before. This has happened to other people and I can get help and I can, like, it's not normal to not sleep at all. You know, like that's, that's huge. So I really appreciate that. And I'm just so grateful that you were willing to come on the happy home birth podcast. Thanks for helping me share my story. I appreciate it, Caitlin. How amazing is that story? As we head into this week's episode roundup, I really have two main points I want to talk about. And the first one is that as a society, I think sometimes it's really easy for us to hear a first-time mother or a first-time family's complaints of 
the newborn phase and just think, ah, yeah, I've been there. That was, it's rough, but you'll get through it. Um, But we're not really taking enough time to listen to what they're actually saying. We are not considering the warning signs and understanding just how critical these situations can be. I know that as a whole, you know, especially the mainstream culture where you have a baby and then you see your OB, what, six weeks later, and that's that. That's not cutting it postpartum. And, and even with the midwife's model of care, as Angelique was in, we can see that there is still so much necessary room for improvement. I mean, we've got to improve these postpartum outcomes and these postpartum situations. So this is a reminder to all of us to take someone's words seriously. If you hear a friend, if you hear another mother struggling to really listen to what they're saying and see if we can find some really positive help. The other point that I wanted to bring up was the fact that even though Angelique struggled with her first experience, she's number one, she still chose home birth again, which I thought was really brave and courageous of her. But Also, she didn't struggle the second time. She had a beautiful experience. So if you have had a negative experience and you are concerned, I just feel like this is such a hopeful message that it might have been rough. And that doesn't mean, though, that the next time it will be, especially if we build ourselves a very supportive network to to be there for us. And this is another just quick reminder. Ask for help. If you are struggling, even if you think, oh, well, maybe I'm just being, you know, a baby about this. Maybe other people are just better at dealing with it. No, no. Ask for help. Find the support that you need. Build a community. And then let's remember as mothers to be that community for those around us. All right, my friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you got a lot out of it. I sure did. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.